Hello and welcome to the Access of Space Defense and Security podcast. I'm Omkar Nikam, your host for this episode. In this podcast, we explore the latest developments and trends in the fields of space exploration, defense technology, and national security. Each episode features insightful interviews with experts and industry leaders who share their perspectives on a wide range of topics, including the latest advances in satellite technology, space exploration missions, military defense strategies, cybersecurity, and more. Whether you are a space enthusiast, a military professional, or someone interested in the latest innovation in technology and security, this podcast has something for you. Join us as we delve into the cutting-edge research breakthroughs that are shaping the future of space defense and security. Stay tuned. Hello and welcome to episode 57 and 58, Cracking the Code, Demystifying Insider Risk Management. So we had previously episodes on uh, narrative strategy, espionage, but we didn't had a dedicated episode on insider risk management. And bits and pieces with Dr. Ekaterina Mathe, we discussed very briefly about insider risk, but in a not a dedicated manner. And it was a demand from a lot of my uh, European Defense Agency circle, as well as the space industry domain people. Uh, that there should be something related to insider risk management because people are uh, juggling around what this term is because a lot of the space industry people are not familiar with this. So yeah, today to have a full-scale discussion on this topic, we have today with us Garima Bison. Hi Garima, welcome to the podcast. Hello, thank you. Thank you very much for your time. Uh, so yeah, uh, we connected uh, briefly over the topic of insider risk only over the LinkedIn and yeah, finally the day has come that uh, uh, I'm hosting you on the podcast because uh, we are starting up a, you know, a series of episodes on this topic. Uh, so, but before we take a deep dive into this, uh, can you briefly tell us about your background uh, and how you ended up being an expert in this domain at the moment? Yes, of course. Um, I'll start with my most recent education, which is uh, MSc in Crisis and Security Management from Leiden University. There I did a specialization in extremism, radicalism, and terrorism. Um, that basically gave me an entryway of different threat actors, and I wanted to dive uh, more into security and learn more about uh, what it is and what we can do and what we see around us as well. Um, after my master's and some internships, I joined uh, another company that's a consultancy in insider risk as an insider risk consultant, where we worked on uh, essentially diverse uh, portfolios, helping organizations set up their programs, but also creating awareness um, and having a more holistic approach to insider risk management. Um, and that's where I learned most of what I did. Um, and also what's going around in inside in this field and how to best approach insider risk management. Interesting. So to you know start with a very basic question because we have a very broad range of audience on the podcast. Uh, especially I come from the space industry and then you know I started working in the defense Sorry. domain as well and uh, a little bit uh, security side too and. In the space industry, a lot of people are not aware about the insider risk management. And uh, we see a lot of cases of espionage happening as well. Uh, so yeah, to begin with this, what exactly is insider risk management and why is it crucial for organizations today? Yes. 
So insider risk management, insider risk is basically a risk that comes from within. Insiders are defined as users who have authorized access to systems and networks. Um, these insiders can be your employees, your contractors, your subcontractors, anyone who has authorized access to your system and networks becomes an insider. These users may advertly or inadvertently with malicious or non-malicious intent cause harm to the organization. Um, this harm can then affect the integrity, confidentiality, and availability of the organization, its data, personnel, or facilities. Um, and it's more important for organizations today because threat actors are increasing. The threat landscape is becoming more complex. Um, according to some reports, a single insider risk incident can cost more than 14 million US dollars. But this is the financial cost of just the incident. There's also reputational damages that uh, organizations need to think about, business continuity that needs to happen afterwards. So it's very crucial, very on the table topic for everyone. And that's exactly what insider risk management does is to make sure that the human side of security comes under a greater lens and we get to see how to mitigate those risks uh, in today's threat landscape. Interesting. The, I think the phrase that you mentioned, uh, human lens. Uh, so mm -hmm. I think it is very important. And I've heard it among uh, my network who are associated with actually threat intelligence, geopolitical yeah. risk consulting. And, you know, I was firstly kind of a bit confused because some people use the term insider risk and some use threat intelligence or insider threat. So can you tell us what is the difference between insider risk and insider threat? Of course, I think it's mainly the, mainly the scope of the activity. Insider threat usually focuses on the malicious intent um, of the insider. So it's only looking at intentional insiders who want to cause harm to the organizations who have either entered the organization to cause harm or have become threat actors within the organization, either because they were approached by somebody or a third party or they see financial gain. Um, but the intent is very clear that they want to harm. But insider risk is a more broader term and it causes the whole potential of the field. Insider risk is also talking about unintentional insiders, essentially people who do not want to cause harm, but um, make mistakes or are not you know, thinking about security all the time on their roles. So these are people who, for example, can fall uh, under the trap of phishing uh, and give access or to give their credentials to a threat actor, or there's somebody who downloaded some uh, thing, or maybe they didn't patch their work correctly and caused a vulnerability that was not known to the organization. So insider risk is a more broader term that talks about both intentional and unintentional actors who may cause harm to the organization. Yes. And I would say, uh, you know, there has been a lot of misconceptions about inside risk management. Uh, mm -hmm. So from your perspective, uh, because, you know, I see a lot of uh, people when I interact in the industry, uh, they're not willing to invest in this. Yeah. Uh, maybe as a company, maybe as an, uh, you know, as a small organization as well. Uh, it's only the invest when they face 
or some losses or they lose something uh, that is very highly valuable. Uh, so from your perspective, what are the common misconceptions about inside risk management and how they can be addressed? Um, I think you hit it right on the point. Most organizations, most teams think that this is not going to happen to us, um, that we're not in the purview, we don't have the visibility or we're very small or we're very big. And, you know, this this is not something that we should worry about because it's just something that we read about and it's not going to happen. It can happen to people around us, but not necessarily us. So that's the biggest misconception about insider risk. Uh, many people also see it as an accepted risk. They, they're not sure how to address it correctly. And they think that, oh, it's it's just something that, you know, we have to live with and it's an accepted risk that um, we have to take care of. Or if something does happen, we make sure we're prepared to deal with the aftermath. But um, it's, it's just the mentality that just because something's happening outside doesn't mean that, you know, it's going to happen to us. And... The various uh, reasons for it, like I mentioned before, but also some people think um, they don't have the maturity for a case like this to happen. But then the other side to it is they think it's going to take a lot of capacity and a lot more money to make sure that insider risk management is in place. And that also is something that really holds people back to even start working on the management part of the risk. Um, and I think for this, at least what we need to tell people when we're talking about misconceptions is that according to a report by IBM, it usually takes on average 197 days to identify a data breach, which also comes under insider risk, and another 77 days to recover from one. So the magnitude and the impact of insider risk is huge. Um, and we have to tell people that this is the amount of time that you're going to take to make your organization be back to business as usual. Um, and this is an average, of course, it can vary depending on the company, depending on the backend systems, but on average, it takes at least 77 days to recover from an incident. Um, and that's when you have more control over your systems, but it's not always necessary. So we should be more aware of, um, what we have, what the competencies are, and what actually the threat landscape around us is looking like and make sure we don't fall prey to these common misconceptions. Interesting. I like the amount of details that you provided, like 77 days to recover, to be very precise. So <laughs> I, I believe <laughs> there can be a dedicated episode on how to, you know, tackle the insider risk and, you know, what are the exact process on that. Uh, but yeah, we can yeah. definitely keep it uh, for, you know, the next episodes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, to follow up on this question, can you share real world examples or case studies that highlight the need for effective inside risk management? Uh, yes, of course. So before I slightly go into it, uh, insider risk means uh, different kinds of risks. It includes espionage, it includes uh, sabotage, data leak, unauthorized disclosure. It also talks about fraud, corruption, insider trading, right? So these are the topics that come under insider risk. Um, and these are all human-related errors or intentional uh, mishappenings that happen within organizations. Now, these um, 
these issues are not new. They have been there since time. Uh, espionage has been there since ever. Sabotage has been there since ever. But there are a few very monumental cases that we need to know, and then some recent ones. So the one of the biggest ones uh, is the Chelsea Manning case, who was a former U.S. Uh, Army soldier and nearly disclosed 750,000 documents to WikiLeaks. Now these classified documents, these documents were both classified and unclassified. They included all sort of information, um, be it sensitive, be it about diplomatic ties, be it about the military. But um, this happened because of work-related conflicts. Um, and the data leak that happened uh, was a big issue at the time. And the consequences can still be you know, mapped today on how uh, data leaks are seen and the massive reach of these uh, um, data leaks. Similar to this case was uh, Edward Snowden. That was also, he's also considered a whistleblower. That's, um, that's a conversation that's still going on. But even that case was huge in terms of the information that was leaked to uh, public Essentially, not everyone could get access to it, but it's still very much there uh, on the web and the dark web, of course. Um, and also with threat actors um, and, and adversaries of US government. And that's something that we really need to think about when we're talking about insider risk and the information that can be you know, just spread outside. A more recent case um, is with Tesla, where two former employees leaked Personal, personally identifiable information to a German newspaper of more than 75,000 current and former employees. Um, and they only found out about the breach sometime later from a news outlet. And the internal investigation later identified who, these, uh, who the source was, but then again, the information was already out there in public. Um, and just very shortly, another um, case, which was with Cisco, that led to 1.4 million in damages and um, accounts of more than 16,000 clients being, you know, uh, disabled or unusable for weeks. This was also um, through an engineer who, by mistake, deleted uh, virtual machines. Um, it was a code that he launched and he had privileged access to the systems um, and it did more good than it did more harm than good and around 1.4 million in damages. That's really the magnitude of it was huge. Interesting. And I think currently everything plays around the human intelligence in this aspect. I mean, we have still some more time to reach uh, to that level where robotics plus ai play out in this manner and takes place but uh you know from the human perspective what role does human psychology play in understanding and managing insider risk um very simply put insider risk is a human problem right so human psychology is at the top of it um the behavior the motivation any early signs of warning um it could be that the insider had a conflict and he, it wasn't resolved properly and they became disgruntled and against the organizational values or they didn't they were motivated towards the wrong side uh, of, of working but it's really important to know that 
there can be significant changes in behavior, in, in work habits that we really need to take account for and make sure that we have a good lens on how people are, you know, um, going around, working around us to make sure that if, if there is um, a red flag in the system where we're actually worried about somebody or somebody is not working how they used to, then we also need to make sure we address it properly and we give everyone the right uh, resources to uh, move over any conflict or if they're having any issues, we help them in the right way possible so that they are at ease uh, and they want to continue working in the best way possible and they have the best resources and controls at hand to ensure that you know they're providing the right input and output while working. Yes, and just to you know, uh, go a step ahead mm-hmm. uh, and you know, yeah. take a deep dive into the space and defense industry issues and primarily because our podcast actually covers uh, the issues from the space and defense industry as well. Of course, Security is also yeah. the domain that we cover, but space and defense is the prime focus. So can you briefly tell us the role of insider risk management in these industrial verticals? Of course. Um, so as everyone knows, these are both critical infrastructures. So they're very high level uh, and very important to all countries for their sovereignty, their technology uh, and their economies as well. Um, and they're very, both of them are very well linked to cybersecurity. And that's how governments across the world are now ensuring that these critical infrastructures are more cybersecure. The limitation of human factor continues to, you know, pose a substantial risk in these sectors again, um, because there are also diverse actors in the ecosystem. Both of these industries have governments, they have military entities, they have contractors, consultants, and other companies um, in the manufacturing or providing solutions to, you know, uh, broaden the capabilities and bring work forward. But there's no centralized authority. There are a lot of small actors that take a lot of big decisions and take a lot of actions. And we need to then understand that it's still a human factor that's very much active in these networks. And it makes them a very big it makes them a very potential weak link uh, in this industry and in terms of cyber attack because even with satellites uh, cyber attacks can completely either take over or they could um, they could result in a loss of data or services that are being provided by the satellite could be stopped um, and we need to make sure that these things don't happen and these attacks don't happen and all of these industries are you know uh, having the best possible security a few of the very recent examples uh, in military and cyber as you also already know one of them is um, a u.s army helicopter pilot and civilian contractor pleaded guilty uh, for illegally acting as an agent for China and accepting thousands of dollars from the Chinese government to provide aviation-related information for his uh, defense contractor employees. Now, this is a case of espionage, and that's also been really high since geopolitical tensions uh, across the globe have become higher 
similar cases have come in Germany as well, where someone who was responsible for personal security as head of division at Germany's International Secret Services was uh, suspected of being a double agent and became one of the biggest security risks himself. Um, and a lot of money goes into it. There have been cases of ex engineers who are facing charges for espionage or misusing the authorization that they had for working towards private entities in the same industry. Um, and all of these cases are not new. They have been going on, which is why uh, all governments are now issuing adversaries as well to ensure that space agencies and militaries have inside the threat or inside the risk management programs and they have the right reporting channels um, and they have the right resources to ensure that these things don't continue to take place. Yes, uh, and I would also like to tell our audience actually, especially from the space industry, if they would like to know more about the espionage in the space industry, from a historical perspective, yeah. uh, you can listen to Dr. Joseph's uh, uh, podcast episode. Uh, it just gives a historical perspective, but it's not going to give you the kind of uh, insider risk management details that we're discussing at the moment, but just as a base foundation. Uh, so yeah, coming back uh, to the episode. Uh, so Karima, what are the fundamental steps in establishing a robust insider risk management program? I, I'm asking this question because uh, you know, there are a lot of consulting firms out there. Uh, and mm -hmm. Even in defense sector, we have a lot of market research and consulting firms. But, you know, uh, a lot of time it happens that, you know, people just try to dig out things in a commercial manner. And at the end, there are no, yeah. uh, I would say, highly valuable outputs that are coming out. So from that perspective, uh, what are your thoughts on this? I uh, completely understand how the, how the approach is outside as well. Um, but setting an insider risk management program is also something um, that a lot of governments are advising for. So there's very good resources outside that helps, um, that can help organizations see what the best steps are. Um, a lot of governments have their uh, advisories. A lot of space agencies have similar things as well that can be um, adopted in the local units. Um, but moving on with insider risk management, since it's a human issue and it's so expansive, it needs to be a multi-pronged approach. Uh, and it needs to use capabilities and resources across departments. You need to include legal, you need to include HR. You of course need to include security and, and other uh, departments as well to make sure everyone understand it, understands why it's important and they add these elements in their workings and in their policies so that no employee is left outside the purview of the management or the program. Um, but the first and the core initial step for any insider risk management program needs to be the assessment. It needs to know what's important to an organization, what the critical assets are, what where the IP is, and what actually makes them different from other organizations. So what's exactly their core capabilities and what the selling point is for them. It's important to then understand the company's risk appetite and then see how much we can do to safeguard these uh, these critical assets um, and what exactly 
needs to be done and what's in our control. Then you want a buy-in from the higher management. You want to make sure that everyone is as convinced as you are that it's a big issue. And it's, it's an important issue that everyone needs to come and work together. Then the next steps would be forming a core team, spreading roles and responsibilities, creating policies, and then making sure that everyone is aware of these policies. So communication then becomes a very important part. These policies, of course, needs to be uh, as per your local regulations, as per frameworks that you follow. And then these policies needs to be embedded throughout the employee life cycle. Um, this means that from the moment an employee joins the company to the moment that they're leaving the organization or the company, the, the insider risk management is part of the whole step and the whole program. So anytime anyone is promoted and their access is increased, it needs to be reviewed. It needs to be made sure that they have the right access for their, for their job. Anytime somebody new joins in, they need to go through a background check. Um, they need to be made sure of what the policies are and what then again, when somebody is leaving, they need to be told what they can take from the organization and what they cannot take with them. Uh, if there's any disgruntlement, how to best address it. So all of these are part and parcel of the employee life cycle management that the insider risk management should take into control. And very important is that while employee life cycle exists and it's important, we should also make sure that it extends to the contractors and the subcontractors who also have access to our systems. And they also know exactly what the company policies are. They're also, they also go through the background checks. They also have the appropriate uh, access for the role that they're playing within the organization. These things are really important for setting up a robust uh, inside the risk management program. And once you have that, then it's all about awareness and training and ensuring that all of these uh, employees, uh, all of these actors have the right awareness and the right training to deal with something like this in their surrounding. They know what the recent tactics are, they understand why it's there, what the impacts can be and how they as individuals can actually have impact on the organization. Because a lot of like any singular employee may not think that they can cause a data leak that could cost millions, but that can be the case as well. It's, it has happened before and will continue to happen again, but we always think that it's not going to be us um, that can be you know, responsible for something like this. So awareness uh, and training is very important part of establishing a holistic and a robust insider risk management program. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you find our podcast insightful, then please like, share and subscribe. See you in the next episode. Thank you.